Hi, I'm Damon Frank, and you're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Every week, we bring you a Recovered Life discussion all about how to get unstuck in areas of your sobriety that are keeping you from living your best recovered life. Remember, addiction is a life-threatening condition, and the information in this discussion is provided as a resource only and is not to be used or relied upon for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. This is not a substitute when professional diagnosis or treatment is needed. Now, let's jump into the discussion. You know, a few times or maybe every week or every day in their, uh, in their recovery that they feel that they might be stuck, right? You've hit an issue, everything's gone well, you've hit an issue, and now you're trying to get past that issue, right? And you feel that you're stuck. So every week we tackle a subject within the whole stuck area. And today we're going to be talking about problems with accountability. And I think this is so great because, you know, look, as we enter into recovery, we might not have been a person that had accountability. We maybe never were, right? Maybe because of our addiction, we were not the people that could be counted on. We did not have accountability. We did not have responsibility in our lives. But as we go through sobriety and as we go through the journey, accountability becomes more and more and more important. So we're going to tackle that today. If you feel you have a lack of accountability or you had a lack of accountability and you've repaired that, we're going to dive into tips um, and you know scenarios and feelings all around the accountability subject. So, you know, I wanted to kind of start off this by just looking at my own life. You know, I was somebody who, you know, I was pretty high functioning. I was in my 20s. I was a college student. I was doing things, right? But what happened as my drinking career progressed, it was I did not do what I say I was going to do a lot of the times, right? I would make I would say, listen, I'm going to do this or I'm going to show up at this class or I'm going to show up for these people. And I became over a period of time somebody who lacked accountability. And, you know, I think I knew that at the time, but was doing the best I could just to manage being an alcoholic day to day. Right. So everybody knows that's listening to this (laughs) that has suffered from an addiction issue. We know that as you get into your addiction, everything else starts to fade away. And then when you're suddenly struck sober and you are trying to rebuild your life, accountability becomes one of the main building blocks that's going to carry you to where you want to be. You know, one of the big things I would say the big gift of having long-term sobriety is just the accountability of showing up for myself for several decades and not picking up. And sometimes, sometimes that's it, right? Like I've failed sometimes in business things that I've wanted to do or relationships or other things, but I just showed up. So the accountability of just showing up and doing what I could do and staying sober, that's been the big thing in my life that I look back on and say, where have I had the biggest shift in my accountability? Now, there's been other areas, and we're going to bring people up to the stage because we want to hear about your issues with accountability 
where you're at now. Is there something in your life that you don't feel that you're being accountable for? You know, uh, that's a big one. I know everybody has that. Mine has been trying to get up earlier and earlier and earlier. And I feel like I always blow past the alarm. I'm not doing what I say that I'm going to do. Now, that might sound like a simple thing, a half an hour here or there, 15 minutes here and there. But for me, it's important because I want to be the person who does what I say that I'm going to do. You know, I always like starting off the unstuck room with really defining what the topic is, right? And 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 the definitions between one of the big discoveries I found in recovery was a dictionary. And I looked up accountability and it says the factor condition of being responsible, responsibility, right? How are you handling this in your recovery? Let's open up this discussion. Listen, a couple ground rules, guys. Um, you are in the recovered life unstuck room. We do have this as a replay and it's also used on our podcast. So we ask that people just use their first names. And we also ask that you are loving and kind if you're referring to somebody else. Uh, guys, let's open this up. I want to talk with my co-mod first, Anne. Welcome, Anne. So glad that you're here. I love that you're my co-mod on these unstuck days with Recovered Life. Talk about your relationship, Anne, with accountability. How has that journey been with you? Well, good morning. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> What a what a topic you always pick on. I, I say um, accountability. Oh, how far do we want to go? <laughs> you know, uh, we are taught from we're when we're children to do certain things. You know, whether it's learning how to make our bed or doing our homework and showing up at school and showing up for activities. We are taught what accountability is from our parents, uh, from our, you know, the close, close family members a lot of times. And our perception of what in you know accountability is actually comes from that. Um, did mom and dad do what they said they were gonna do? Um, so a lot of it comes from that. Then we build on it, and then when you add addiction to it, the pain and the confusion of you know not being able to do what I say I'm gonna do for myself. And, and for me, it was like, yeah, I, I I know I need to do certain things. I know I need to go home at a reasonable time so I can show up for work. I need. I know I need to show up. All of that started, you know, it was a compounding. You know, it was like, oh my god. Uh, uh, I, I just, I just don't know. I couldn't even trust myself after a while. But here's what I found out after I came into the program. A lot of it when I started looking at myself. Well, when I was out there, um, I was a chameleon. Why would I want to be a chameleon? Well, it wasn't because I just loved being a chameleon. I was trying to fit in. I was trying to get people to accept me. I was trying to be like them so they would accept me, which I lost myself. But here's what happened during that time. I would say yes to things, whether I could do them or not. 
because at the moment it was like, oh, that's a good idea. I can do that. I can commit to that because I wanted them to like me. Whether it was something I wanted to do or not didn't usually come into, you know, the, the whole discussion that I was having inside my head. It was like, oh, this is important to me. I need to say yes. Well, you say yes to everything. You can't do everything. And uh, it was just chipping away chipping away because I couldn't show up for myself. I could not take care of myself the way I thought I was going to. I couldn't show up for other people. So little by little, the whole accountability aspect of it, the, the line was so blurry, you couldn't even see it, right? Um, part of it was, you know, I couldn't even get up early enough to go do what, the things I was supposed to do, whether work or for personal. So this is kind of where I, and that's how it showed up in my life uh, over the, you know, uh, over the years. So I'm going to toss it back to you because I know we're going to talk more about how do we manage that? How do we um, become accountable, you know, for ourselves and others? So back over to you there, Damon. Absolutely. And thank you so much for your insight. I, you know, I love this topic, you know, because I believe that, you know, accountability is one of the key tent poles, if you will, to growing your life in recovery, growing the life you want, your best recovered life. And this is the key. You know, you can grow whatever you want in recovery. You can do whatever you want to do as long as you want to be accountable for it, right? So, you know, I put together some things that I have worked on with my clients, you know, in the recovery space with accountability. Now, here's the thing. I think that if you are taking a business class, right, or you are in a company, they have a different look on accountability maybe than somebody that is in recovery. I, I believe that people in recovery struggle with this for different reasons, right? Um, so what I did is I put down, you know, four little areas that I wanted to discuss before we bring people up here about, about accountability and how to get accountability. And these have worked for me personally, and I've also used them with my clients. And, um, you know, the first thing that I want to say about this is clarity, right? Number one is clarity. I think a lot of people are not accountable because they're not clear about what they say they're going to do and what they want. This is huge. And people just go right by this and they move on to the execution part or what they're not doing part and who's going to be responsible part and who's holding the accountable part when they don't even know what they want. Look, I've said it on the unstuck room. I think the biggest thing with alcoholics and people in codependency, people that are recovering from any type of addiction, the biggest problem that I see that people face, because I've faced it, was the being upset that they're not getting what they don't know that they want. And this is, this is big. They're looking around. They're saying, I'm not getting that. I'm not getting this. This isn't working for me. But they don't even know what they want. We don't even know what we want. So why are we upset about something we don't even know that we want? And this is huge. So clarity, I believe, is the big takeaway here. Clarity. Get clear. Get specific about what you say you are going to do. Now, let me talk a little bit about the clarity thing here that I think that this is really important. When I first got sober, I thought that I did what I said I was going to do. And for the most part, I think I tried. 
but I didn't have the mental fortitude at that time to carry through a lot of things. And I realized I was saying a lot of things that I was going to do things, but I would not do it. I'd say, yeah, I'll show up there. I had no intention of showing up there. Yeah, I'll do that. Or I'll pay this bill on time or I'll do this project or I'll complete this coursework or I'll do whatever. Right. But really I was just talking. And a lot of people in recovery do this because we've had, we've had to spend part of our lives really kind of just keeping the ball moving. So it didn't all come crashing down. So what I did with the clarity is I started to get real. I started to realize just small things. Like I'd tell this person, yeah, I'll see you at that meeting. I knew I wasn't going to that meeting. I knew I had other plans, but I didn't want to be uncomfortable. So I started to write down anytime that I said I'd do something, I'd write it down on a three by five card and I put it in my pocket. If I couldn't do it, I'd call the person up and say, hey, you know what? I made this commitment to you and I couldn't do it. And a lot of times they'd say, oh, well, we didn't know if you were going to go anyway. I said, no, I made the commitment. I said I was going to be there, but I can't do it, right? Or I can do it and I'll be there. Just getting clear about what am I saying that I'm going to do? What do I want? And what do what and and just the clarity of it erased a lot of the alcoholic confusion that many people have regarding accountability. The second thing is... I, if I'm going to be accountable, I need to commit internally first. This is very like the reason why I wrote things down about what I say that I do. And I still do this to this day. Got a notebook right in front of me. The reason I do that is because I commit internally first. I say, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen or I'm going to show up or I'm going to play full out on this. I commit internally first. What happens is a lot of people say, yeah. I think I want something around there, but they're not committed to doing it. They they haven't sold themselves. And then they're going to go out and try to sell other people, right? That they're going to be accountable. And this, I see this a lot. We're such great salespeople in recovery. We're set, you know, we have to sell it to ourselves first. If we don't sell it to ourselves first, what ends up happening is we can't really enroll others in our dreams. And it's hard to get to your dreams by yourself. You're going to need other people. You know, uh, strangers are your friends. You will learn, right? We grow up all our life. Our mom says, hey, beware of strangers. Well, you know what? Strangers are going to bring you the things that you need to have your best recovered life. So you have to commit internally first. The third thing that I wrote down here is that I think is really good is to track your progress. Now, I do this with my clients, with my uh, high performance, you know, recovery people that are out doing it. I track their performance because it's so important tracking your performance. Now, I will make a list and I will put things on. Let's say that I make a list at nine o'clock, but I was up at six doing things and I've already done them. I'll put things on the list that I've already done that day that I had internally committed to. And I'll start checking them up. One, because I want to track. I want to have wins. And that's why I would carry around three by five cards, especially when I was confused. I wanted wins, right? So I want to be able to pull this out of my pocket and be able to see all the things that I'm committed to doing. And I want to check them off. I want to track my progress, right? I want to track my progress. 
Um, and this is this is huge. This really helps because it shows that you're getting somewhere. It also shows where you might need a little bit more attention. And this is big. You know, a lot of people say, hey, I want to be sober and happy long term. And maybe they're in a 12 step program, but they never really quite get to that fourth and fifth step, you know, because it's too daunting. It's too much. Having a list and being able to track, well, you know what? I made this inventory. I'm now going to do this inventory. Just checking it off the little list, right? Now, I would carry things around with me and I would say, man, I'm committed to this. I have clarity about what I want, but I haven't taken the action. It shows me where I need to take action if I start tracking my progress. The fourth thing that I want to mention here is it's important to have accountability partners. What does that mean? What does that mean, accountability partners? That means you need to find people in your life. You know, sometimes it's a coach. You hire a coach to get from point A to point Z down that trail. But many times what I found was, for me, accountability partners is I would find people in my life, in recovery, that had responsibility. They showed outwardly responsibility. Now, how do you pick these people? And you know, Christina Dennis and I are actually are gonna do something about how to find sponsors and accountability partners, a free e-course for people, because I think people pick incorrectly a lot of the times. Sometimes our picker needs to be recalibrated. Sometimes we'll pick the person that we see that has achieved a goal, right? But is it necessary, it might be a little flaky to help us. No, we need to find people who are tried and true. How do you do that? Well, they always show up five minutes or 10 minutes before the meeting. They always do what they say that they're gonna do. They have a long track record of relationships. Maybe they've been in a relationship for a long period of time, even though it's been difficult, or a job for a long period of time, right? These people show up and they do the deal. And how? what do you have to do? You have to go up and you have to say, listen, I need an accountability partner. And you share with your accountability partners the clarity about your goals and what you want to do, right? This is so important because an accountability partner will keep you on task when you feel that you just want to give up. And what happens with people in recovery is because we're such good salespeople, we will pivot and we were very clear on what we wanted on the clarity of the goal, but we'll pivot to make it easier for ourselves. And then we'll resell ourselves that the pivot was the right thing to do. When we know deep down inside, we were very clear. We just were unable to actually take action and be accountable for it, right? That's why having the clarity, committing internally, tracking your progress, and have accountability partners is the key to success in this area. And as I call people up to, for the discussion, tell me about your experience with this, about accountability, maybe in an area of your life where you, you know, you had a hard time being accountable, but now that you've been sober for as long as you have, you've worked through this and you've been able to apply some of this stuff that I've talked about to be accountable in certain areas. Yes. Oh my goodness. I've had a lot of opportunities to be accountable. And I will tell you that it's, it's key. It's a key component of my life. It's about me being in integrity with myself 
and others. And um, so I love the way you um, you put a clarity, commitment, you know, uh, tracking progress and having an accountability partner. Um, I put all of these and I call it uh, managing expectations. Whenever I am uh, looking at, you know, working with somebody, if it's a plan I'm putting together for myself, I actually uh, divide it into the four aspects of my life, money, health, relationships, and spirituality. So if it's a money issue, it's like, okay, what do I want? How do I go about getting it? Have to literally have the clarity. What is the end result? And am I committed to doing that? Um, and uh, what is it going to take? You know, so far that we put a plan together, six months down the road, this is where I want to be. And then of course, having an accountability partner, sometimes it's just getting a coach. Other times it's like uh, having somebody else that I know is doing better in that area than I am or is able to inspire me to show up. So being in integrity, managing expectations is key. And the other thing that is super important for me is um, managing my own expectations of others. So if I choose an accountability partner who is great in sobriety, showing up in meetings and doing what they're supposed to do. Well, they might may not be the best accountability buddy when it comes to my health. I need somebody who is advanced in that, who I who actually I respect and want to learn from. And you know, same thing with relationships, spirituality. That's why I divide it up. So if I'm working on that, if I'm always working on four of them at the same time, you know, just more focused on one than the other, or always, but it's always like spinning place. So I have different people in each one of these areas that are my accountability partner, or they are my coach. They are whatever it is. They, they are there to work through it with me. And here's the other thing that's super important. We need to feel comfortable enough. We need to trust them enough to be totally transparent. Because if we have an accountability partner who we're not being honest with, well, they're not, they're not going to be able to help us a lot because we can lie to ourselves. We can lie to them. And where does the lie get us? Nowhere. So if you're going to choose an accountability partner, think it through. Is this somebody I respect? Do they know what, what I, what I'm talking about? Are they committed to working together? And again, you know, sometimes you can find one person that has all full of them, you know, but there is a big but. Be reasonable with your expectations of them. So maybe you need to have two different ones. Maybe you need to have four different ones. Whatever it takes, it goes right back to managing your own expectations and also managing your expectations with others and their expectations of you. So a lot of that shows up in, you know, in tracking the progress, you know, how are we doing? Am I meeting your expectations? Are you meeting my expectations? And being able to have that honest talk, that is, that is a solid foundation because we're always evolving. So I'm going to hand the mic back over to you, Damon, and uh, let's just, just keep on going. I know we've got some awesome people on stage that I would love to learn how they are being in integrity and managing expectations and being accountable. Here we go. 
Absolutely. Thank you, Ann. Um, thanks for sharing that. I, I love how you're talking about picking. You are actually an expert. You were somebody that I would go to about how to pick the right people, right? Because this is this is really the key. I find so many times in recovery, people, and I found this with young men, right? They'll, they'll come in and they will really uh, need to move their life forward, right? And let's say that they need to get a job or they need to go, they, they need to, to do something financially. And it becomes very clear after the first month or two that that's what they need to do. And they will pick people to be around who are unemployed and are not doing that and are not motivated, right? And then they're wondering why they don't seem to be moving forward, right? Picking is very important. Discernment is very, very important in recovery. And, you know, I think we kind of blow by that a lot, you know, and we don't really talk about discernment as much as we should, but it's really, really important. Guys, I'm going to go uh, out to uh, the people who are here up on stage. I cannot wait to hear what they have to say about this. You are in the unstuck room. We're talking about problems with accountability. Just a quick mention here, guys, if you're not following myself, if you're not following the Recovered Life Room, if you're not following Anne, please do so because we're bringing you, um, you know, we've got now, Recovered Life has seven days of content between the podcast interviews, between the Recovered Life discussions, between the interviews. We have got a lot of stuff going on. So I put a link up there and you can become a member for free, get notified about all this stuff at info.recoveredlife.us. Deanna, so good to see you on the stage. What say you about accountability? Good morning, everybody. Thanks for holding this space. This is a great topic. Accountability. I took uh, pretty decent notes as you were speaking. Clarity, commit internally first, track your progress accountability partners. I'm just saying that out loud so it can resonate in my own brain. I really, really liked the commit internally first. And I'll be very specific about what I'm going through right now that I need accountability in my life from myself and from others. Um, let's see, I think I'm 910 days sober today. And it's that feels like such a small number in the grand scheme of life. But all that I've done in the past 910 days has been awesome sauce. And so where I'm at right now in my recovery is I have not driven a vehicle in 16 years. And I am in the process of getting back in the car. And part of not driving was um, a traumatic experience in my life that happened that I just kind of shut down. It led to a lot of different things, including drinking myself almost to death. But now I am doing so much better. My health is better. I'm holding myself accountable in small in small ways, and so it's. But are they're leading to bigger things like getting my driver's license? So I have been able to get my permit that I passed, and I'm practicing driving. Um, but I'm scared. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I am scared about. Things that honestly have nothing to do with the actual vehicle or driving, um, but I'm also excited. And so I'm I'm trying to cultivate the right friendships and relationships with people that can continue to hold me accountable 
in a nice and honest way. Um, and one, I'm just going to share real quick. One of the people I say real quick as I jabber on one of the people that held me accountable that didn't even know they were doing it. And I don't even know his name I've asked, but I forget because we talk so much is the produce guy at my local grocery store. He asked me how I was doing one day and I had just got my permit. And so I told him because I was so excited. (laughs) And then the next time I saw him, he said, Hey, how's the driving going? And just him asking me that just, I was like, yes, somebody cares. All right, cool. And it made me want to get in the car and practice some more. And so because I had that feeling and it felt so good and made me want to keep going, I want to draw in more of that into my life. And in order, what I'm also realizing, in order to draw that into my life, I have to be that for other people as well. And so I'm trying to put myself in positions where I can help other people for one, for one, as I yell, cause I'm excited about it. Christina Dennis asking me to co-moderate a room with her. I didn't think it was a very big deal months ago when we did, but now that I have shown up every time that we've done it and there are days that I've not wanted to because of personal issues, but I say, I want to be there for Christina and I want us to do this together and I feel good at the end after I've shown up. And so, um, yeah, that's where I am right now with my, one of the things about being accountable and needing it for myself as well. And I'm excited. I'm excited about being accountable and having accountability partners as I learn who I want to be my accountability partners. So thanks so much for listening. I'm Deanna. I'm done. Thank you so much for Deanna. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I love, you know, I love your honesty about this, about, you know, your how you're tackling the driving. I've been kind of following this as you're going along, right? As you, as this journey. And I think it's so amazing. You know, I was thinking about something the other day and, uh, and I actually wrote it down because I want to actually do a recover, a couple of recovered life shows on it with Christina. You know, there are always things in my life that I have. There's always been a couple of things in my life that when I look at it, I just want to shut the door. I don't want to deal with it. I just really honestly, it's just like, I don't, uh, I just don't want to deal with that, right? Whatever that is, that that is something different for everyone, right? And I shut the door on it. And what I found over recovery, in my recovery, is that those things keep friggin' popping up everywhere until I deal with it. It will just keep, it's, it's kind of like a bad penny. It just keeps showing up everywhere. Right. And it's so, it's so interesting. And it always shows up at a point where really I have the emotional energy to deal with it. And it's kind of God, I believe, tapping me on the shoulder and saying, Hey, you know what? You can do this. Now is the time. Now is the season. I always talk about that. There's a season for things. Like a lot of people come into recovery. I read an article today that this guy came into recovery at 65 years old, right? He'd never been able to get sober, never attempted it. 65, uh, which I don't believe is old, but he he thought it was. And, and 65 and he got sober, right? And now he's been sober for a couple of years. And you know what? That was his season to do it. But I do believe that if God keeps tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, pay attention here, look at this, do this maybe it is your season to be able to tackle it. And I know Deanna, 
you have uh, done amazing things in your recovery and you'll continue to do amazing things. And it's been real a pleasure to hear your journey along the way. And any quick comments before we go to Cecile? Uh, well, first, uh, Deanna, way to go. I am, I'm rooting for you with that driver's license. And I will tell you, I used to live in New York. In New York City, you don't need a driver's license. Everything is subways and, and taxis. I didn't even get my driver's license until I was 40. Now, having said that, I actually drove across the 59th Street Bridge without a license and a drunk. Somebody gave me the keys to their car. Why would they do that? They were as crazy as I was. Those are the people I was hanging out with. But I remember people saying in California, really? You didn't get your license until you were 40? How could you possibly survive? That was the look on their faces. So I'm rooting for you, Deanna. And I, and I get, I get that uh, you're walking through it doing it, being scared, and still doing it. Way to go. And I'm so happy that you are taking the the produce guy as your accountability buddy and showing up. And that's accepting support from others, whatever that looks like for you. So way to go. And uh, yeah, uh, um, I'm done. Back over to you, Damon. Thank you so much. And thank you, Deanna, for being a huge part of Recovered Life. Cecile, welcome to unstuck we're talking about problems with accountability what's your opinion yeah. on that thank you thank you for for the the topic uh it is um i just had to come up on stage um i'm cecilia i'm a codependent aca and for me this is so relatable everything everyone has talked about it's so relatable and um, for me, um, I need accountability partners in plural for sure. And Clubhouse has been a huge accountability partner in very much in plural, of course, um, for my codependency and my recovery after, after you know, uh, having met my bottom, uh, bottom um this you know last uh spring and summer so that's one thing but i think it's the aca stuff that really makes me uh need an accountability partner because it shows up the panic um and the and the things i don't uh it's it's sort of like recovery doesn't work on on a couple of issues i have I think they are so deep rooted and I think they are so related to my uh, growing up as a child in, uh, of an alcoholic um, in in some sort of way. I haven't figured it out yet, but in in some situations uh, with some duties and, and challenges, um, I, I just shut the door. Uh, I don't want to go in the door. I don't want to have anything to do with what's behind it. And I know I had to deal with what's behind it. So um, this winter I had a period where I froze completely and it, it, own, it you know, it, um, it nearly uh, got me in a very, very difficult financial situation or it did, but it could have been worse. And I, 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 I went to my general practitioner, which he's a wonderful human being, and he, yeah, and he, he just asked me, 
okay, so you're frozen, you freeze and you shut the door. Uh, but is there any way to just open it a little bit? And then I came to think about my friend who's also talked about the same issues. And then we made this pact, me and my friend, um, and we have been Zooming, doing these horrible <laughs> duties, uh, challenges together, step by step, baby steps by baby steps. And um, she has become, she's my best friend and now accountability partner. So, so it just, it just really works. And it was nearly pathological the way I shut that door and um, yeah. And, and yes, another point, and then I'm going to end. It's while you were talking, I, I suddenly realized that in that situation, when I've shut the door, I'm really not near able to, to self-soothe. And that has been a huge thing for me in recovery to learn how to self-soothe. And I, I am never farther from the ability to self-soothe to take care of myself uh, as I am in those situations where I need this uh, accountability partner uh, most desperately. And that's certainly an ACA tendency um, there. So yes, thank you for this space. I, I really need the reminder and I'm looking forward to the rest of the shares. Thank you. Thank you so much, Cecile. Uh, you said so many great things there. Um, I love how you identified your accountability partner. You went out to them and you're creating this relationship based on that. I, I love that because it's so important to have people in your life as a sounding board. How I've gotten the most in trouble, what I call the pivot mistake, is redefining the clarity that I already had, getting in this loop, going about, well, maybe I don't really want that. Maybe I need to redefine that. Maybe it should be this way is because I didn't have people in my life that would say, Hey dude, you said you're going to do this. This is the right thing for you to do. Do it. Right. The other thing that you said that I think is really important and I, you know, and I, I hope that we can have an honest conversation about this guys, because, uh, you know, and I, I'm a huge fanboy for the 12 steps. I love the 12 steps. Um, and the, they totally saved my life, but Here's the reality that in my personal experience, okay, and I know this isn't everybody's personal experience, but my personal experience, there were certain things in my life, like codependency, let me just give you a good example, that the 12-step program that I was involved in, the community that I was involved in, it didn't help me, it actually made it worse. And I had this silent voice in me saying, this isn't the right path. This isn't the right path for this particular thing that I was dealing with. And I kept kicking it down the road, kicking it down the road, kicking it down the road. And I needed to go get actually a therapist, some professional help to deal with it. It wasn't, the answer wasn't there, right? And I think a lot of times what happens is we trap ourselves if we're in 12 step groups by thinking that it's gonna be able to handle everything. And I had people in my life telling me, no, you can apply the 12 steps to everything that you do. Um, I can, and it was successful to a certain degree, but it's not what I needed to really get to where I needed to go in this particular area. There's a couple areas that I'm thinking about that I had prolonged suffering. 
because the answer wasn't there. And internally I knew it, but I was listening to other people that maybe didn't have the expertise. And I think it's super important guys that to recognize where that's really going to be successful for you and where you might need other help. You know, we talked about, we, we've, we've had shows and if you're new to recovered life, go to, if you, if you click the link above or go to info.recoveredlife.us, you can get an, uh, access to the podcast. And we've had shows about all kinds of stuff that has just been amazing. Like Stacey Danford talking about character defects and trauma, how the word character defects might not actually be the word, might not be the path if you have trauma for healing in that area. And I say all this being a huge fanboy for the 12 steps. It's amazing. It saved my life. And I get a lot of flack when I say stuff like that, but I'm a big promoter of 12 steps. Uh, I think it's amazing spiritual technology, but there are some things that the recovery process as it's generally served isn't the meal you need to get to where you need to go down the path, right? So I applaud you for really exploring those options, Cecile, and playing full out in your life. And what say you about some of the stuff that Cecile said? She said it so succinctly. I just, I, I, I love her perspective on it. Yeah, I I so love the clarity you have about yourself, Cecile. And, uh, you know, uh, to the same point that uh, Damon just pointed out is uh, knowing who is the right person and investing your time to build relationships, figuring out what is learning more about them is, is one part of it. That's, that's what I do. I want to know more about it. Something may feel right about a person, but investing time to say, is this somebody that I want to be supported by is super important for me. And Damon, I also agree with you. Um, I, I have, you know, over the years, I'm one of the people who say, you know, there's never been a challenge in my life that one of the steps did not apply. Now, having said that, there are, there have been challenges in my life that while the step may apply, I needed some advanced support, like early in sobriety, I did go for, for counseling. I did have a, you know, uh, a therapist, if you will, because there were some things that I needed to understand, you know, the meaning deeper down inside. And so I think that awareness, you know, in, um, and what we need, one is being able to be honest. The other is too, you know, I want, I had to give myself some grace, you know, just because I was aware there was a challenge in one area doesn't mean I was emotionally ready. Some, you know, awareness comes first. There is something I need to take a look at. Then is it the acceptance of, okay, I need to move into action. You heard me say this, AAA, awareness, acceptance, action. And so sometimes awareness takes a little bit longer to take root before it's acceptance that I need to take action now. So, uh, and I know I was hard on myself about certain things. It was like, oh, I know there's a problem. I need to do something now. Well, no, I don't. If I'm not ready to face it, then, you know, 
I'm not going to be all in. I'm not going to be diving in to see the clarity. I'm going to go only so far. And that doesn't really help because then I have to go back and uncover, go through it again. And that's fine too, because sometimes, you know, like they say, the the layers of the onion, it takes, uh, you know, a few different layers. We don't even know it's there until one layer is going to, oh, darn, here's another one here, uh, deeper and deeper. And that's beautiful to experience. And it's happening throughout my life you know and it's I, I got over 30 days decades of sobriety and I'm still learning and uncovering you know amazing things about myself right and so um I just those of those of you who are saying oh I know I'm supposed to do something and I can't do it now or or I you know stop beating yourself up make a decision am I going to do it now do I want to do it now or make a decision to do it next week, next month, whatever it is, but stop beating yourself up in a 30 days that you're not going to do anything about it. That has helped me because usually there are a bunch of things that I'm aware that I, I want to do, I should do and all that. And we can't do all of them at the same time. So prioritizing and going to get the additional help where needed. And, you know, uh, that that's, that's huge for me. And uh, it, it brings a lot of clarity and a lot of relief from the I should, I could, and all that, and it just doesn't feel good. So with that, um, that's all I got. I'm going to hand it back over to you there, David. You know, and I'm so glad that you talked about grace and about cutting yourself a break. I'm so, I'm so glad because, you know, I see this a lot, and I've seen it with myself, so it's easier to see with other people after you've experienced it, right? Like, we are so hard on ourselves. We are so hard on ourselves. And, you know, the thing about sometimes awareness is awareness will come in little bursts, right? And I see this a lot too sometimes where people will have a hard time getting physical sobriety. And then they'll decide, hey, you know what? I'm also a codependent. So I'm going to go to ACOA and I've got to go to the gym and I've got to go to the, and they load up so much that they're watered down and they can't focus, right? Because we feel that We've got to solve it all right now. And we don't have the faith that it's just going to unfold. At least I have been in that position. And I think it's important to take things a chunk at a time. Sometimes you're not ready. Sometimes you're just not ready. I, you know, look, I, it took me several decades to really focus on the codependency thing. I, it, 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 I should have, I, I feel like I should have done it earlier, but I did it when I did it, right? At least I did it. And that's, and that's the key. So cutting ourselves a break, we could be so hard on ourselves that we could pull out and track those goals, right? We could, we could see the, the progress that we had and we say, well, that's not good enough. Although we've gone from zero to a hundred in a week and we're now actually executing and doing things. We're so hard on ourselves and that keeps us stuck, guys. That does keep us stuck. We, I love, Anne, that you mentioned grace. We have to have some forgiveness for ourselves to be able to give enough room and air and breath so that we can actually accomplish things in our lives. We're not perfect. And I don't think God got us sober to be perfect. I think he just, you know, God just wants us to be sober be happy and playful out. Michelle, welcome to Recovered Life Discussions in Unstuck. 
We're talking about problems with accountability. What say you about that? I'm sorry, I guess I was unmiked for a while. I don't know how long I was unmiked, but I just looked down and I was unmiked. Wow, this is a great discussion. I love what you said, Damon, about the keeping track of what you've done. Um, that's like really important to me. I've only utilized that probably, well, I utilize it off and on, but really more steadily the last few months. Um, and it's surprising how much you get done in a day when you write it all down and see it on paper. Um, and that's really been a motivator for me to do that, um, to write down what I've, what I've done and, and see how that aligns with um, where I'm going sort of thing. Um, and the second thing was the, like, the county, accountability partner um, aspect of it. I have pretty much a coach who I see once a week, and we you know, we work on something towards the next week. I have a deadline of something on Monday. And so she's been calling me every day at four to make sure I'm, you know, getting towards that deadline. Um, and it's, I, I, I forget these, these kind of rooms make me remember how important those sort of things are, um, for my, um, my quality of living. Um, and it's so funny the way my brain works is this is the week I'm utilizing it the most. And it's also the week that I've questioned whether I need it or not. So, um, I, that's just how my brain works <laughs> that wanting to be more independent and thinking I could do things on my own when I actually have a system in place that works really well. Um, yeah, so those are, those are kind of the things that hit me with, with the discussion today. So hi, Michelle, I'm done speaking. Michelle, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, look, I, I've suffered from the Lone Ranger syndrome more than anyone. Like I, I believe I should be able to do everything myself. I remember there was a plumbing issue in my house and, uh, I was able to kind of cap it off the leak. And I was super upset that I wasn't able to fix the situation. And a friend of mine said, I had no idea that you were a plumber. Because uh, it's kind of an advanced plumbing issue. And I said, well, I'm not a plumber. He's like, well, why do you feel that you're going to be able to, like, fix this? It's, this is like, why Why would you even get that in your head? That somehow you're disappointed in yourself for not being able to fix a pretty complex plumbing issue. <laughs> and I and I realized the insanity in that. It's like, I was like, I don't know. Why do I feel that way? And I had to look at that. And I remember I spent like a couple of weeks kind of unfolding that and saying, you know, wow, why do I feel that I should be able to do everything and then disappointed if I can't? I clearly am not a plumber. I clearly am not. I need to review how I look at myself. I always said, uh, I, I had a friend tell me uh, years ago, said, if, uh, if your thinking was, uh, was my friend, Damon, he goes, I would kick his ass. He goes, because he's so negative about you. Your thinking is so negative about yourself, right? And you have to turn that around. And um, yeah, I love it. I love the accountability. The things I need the most, I always question, do I really need this? Yeah, I, I, I probably do really need it, right? And what about you? Do you question that kind of stuff? Um, no, no, no. I never question because I always know how to do everything just right. And it's always perfect. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. See? <laughs> yeah, of course I question myself. And, uh, 
you know, the, the quote is like, uh, you know, the conversations we have in our heads, you know, it's like, if somebody talked to you the way you talk to yourself, you'd punch them in the nose. You know, somebody talked to me the way I talk to myself. Yeah, I would, because we can be very hard on ourselves, unreasonable expectations. And that, and that, yeah, I didn't know you were a plumber either, Damon. That's pretty cool. So I'd have to call you, you know, just next time. <laughs> There's, anyways, it's pretty cool. But, but Michelle, you know, the thing that you, uh, you pointed out is that uh, being in a conversation reminded you the importance of your coach that you're going to be speaking with in a few days and how uh, you're being kept accountable and being kept on track. And, you know, uh, like you, sometimes I forget the systems that I have put into my life, things that work. You know, it's just like you don't worry about, you don't think about electricity until the power goes out. It's like, oh, damn, everything is running on that. Everything is just perfect, you know, or it's just so it's one of those things. And every now and then being in a conversation with people where people point out you do need somebody else to ask you those questions. So you are able to, um, you know, for me update my thinking, update my plans, because we're shifting and changing and growing so quickly. I need to get rid of the old tapes, as we used to say, you know, old data in my brain and replace it with new ones. And even though it happens automatically, every time we learn something new, every time we experience something new, it does, our subconscious does update. But if we're not conscious of the changes within us, we don't really leverage them. We don't really capitalize on them. And so every now and then just sitting down and saying, where am I in these aspects of my life? And I, and I always say, always look at money, health, relationships, and spirituality. The reason I do that, because those four things are easy for me to measure, right? Measuring is super important. And then being able to say, you know, yeah, I've come pretty far in that. I'm feeling really good about this. Or, oh, over here, something has come up that I need to look into it. It's easier for me to separate them and be able to me measure where I am. And it doesn't make a difference whether you do on, you know, one to five or a scale of one to 10 or, you know, whatever. A lot of times when I'm working with my clients where we're looking at issue, it's, you know, the the red, amber, green, red, yellow, green. As is this is this in place? Is this a red flag? Is this something that's urgent? You know, if it's if it's that, we mark it red. If it's something that's you know in progress, we're just working, we're going along with it. It's marked yellow. And if it's running smoothly, it's a green. But unless we actually see it, unless we you know talk about it. We don't always know where we are. And so that's really super important. And uh, thanks for bringing that up because, you know, just you saying I realized the importance of it, you know, when she calls, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I have it. That's what I got from uh, from yours. And uh, for me, it's, it's such an important part because I think that I would be walking around uh, a jumbled mess if I didn't, uh, you know, every now and then just take a look at and measure and see how far I've come in each one or where do I need to go to? So 
um, it's it's important for me to get empowered by the progress I've made at the same time. It empowers me to say, you know, I do have a ways to go, but look at how far I've come. And that gives me the confidence to keep on going. Or sometimes it's like, you know, I don't even want to do that anymore and take it off and put something else in its place. But if I'm not looking at it, if I'm not saying, is this what I want? I'm not updating my desires, the information in my head, then I'll just keep on doing the things that maybe don't work or I don't want and I've done that a lot, spend a lot of time on people and, you know, projects and stuff that I don't even want. So there you go, Damon, you got the mic. Oh, I love that. And, you know, that's where coaching, I believe, really helps. You know, I know, you know, one of the things that, one of the things with accountability coaching, you know, most of the coaching I do has a, a around accountability, you know, and I'm doing, you know, for the most part, high performance people, they want to get they want to get something done and they want, they have a time limit, which they need to do it. They need to change their thinking and approach to it quickly. And sometimes it's, it's interesting. Sometimes there are some people's personalities that they're so hard on themselves that a lot of my coaching is cutting them a break for themselves. Like I look at, you know, and I, I'm one of those people, you know, I have a friend who is accountability partner in old school which is a men's mastermind that I put together a couple of years ago. And these are all people who have really high performing people. The average age, if you take the lowest uh, years of sobriety and the highest, the average age is about 20 to 22 years. So it just tells you like, there's a lot of really great people have huge careers, have huge careers doing big things. And, you know, one of the things that this guy told me in my mastermind group, he shared with me, he was like, Hey, you know what? You keep saying you don't get stuff done, but I see a page of stuff that you execute. He goes, you got more done in a day than I got done in a week. He's like, you need to cut yourself a break. This is unrealistic. Your thinking isn't right here. And this is, this is, the, this is the great thing with coaching and accountability partners is that many times, you know, uh, I find it is the, in the clarity part. You know, we talked about clarity and committing internally, and then tracking your progress, and then having accountability partners. We talked about those four things being what you need to do to really get unstuck with the accountability issues in your life. But the key, but the key is, I think, is if you don't have the right clarity, if your thinking is warped regarding what you really want. You know, like I've had, I've had people that I've worked with, especially young guys, They'll say, hey, you know what? I really want this car. But when I tell them, okay, look, this is what you're going to have to give up in your life to have this car. But what you really want is you like to travel or what you really like is you like to go to uh, three meetings a week at like four o'clock or five o'clock. You're, you're going to have to work more to be able to get that car. You can do it, but is that really going to make you happy? Is that really what you want? Or are you getting the car as a substitute, as a filler? for staying away from what you really need to look at, right? And this is where coaching really helps with that. Um, I do have to mention some notes that we had in the chat here. Katie mentioned it's easy for me to feel like I'm not progressing because of my financial stress and debt due to my responsibility and addiction. So I love the idea of tracking my progress for the day. Uh, yes, do that, you know. Um, and one of the things is with, with I've noticed with finances is, Finances, Katie, can change on a dime if you start to get clear and you start to get focused. 
And that is that that is one of the things that accountability could do. Just showing up, guys, is the key to getting track on accountability. Just showing up and doing what you say you're going to do, even if it's small bites. This has been such a great hour, guys. I want to keep my commitment that we keep these on or about an hour. Uh, and do you have any last final thoughts? And also tell people how they can get a hold of you and find out more about what you're doing. You're doing some amazing things. Um, final thoughts. It's already been said, you know, just uh, be in integrity with yourself. Know what you want and stay on track and uh, show up the same way for others because uh, accountability builds trust with others. When we're accountable to ourselves, we build trust with ourselves that we are going to show up for ourselves. And when we show up for ourselves, others see that as well, just like Damon, like you were saying. And then when others see us being accountable to them, that builds trust and they show up for us. So it just, it's, it's just a you know, beautiful, beautiful circle that just keeps on uh, up-leveling. And as far as getting a hold of me, well, I'm access to experts.com. Basically, you can go there and you have all kinds of free trainings. A lot of the things that I do is about the unique influencer code. Who are you in your business life, in your professional life? And what do you really want? A lot of it is there. And uh, so whether you're working for a company, you have your own business, you always need to know what's unique about you and appreciate it. So that's about it. Or you can DM me if you have any questions. Uh, you know, just being in recovery, it's all about being being in service, right? So that's that's why we're here. That's why I'm here. And uh, yeah, thank you, Damon, for doing uh, what you do. You know, every week you show up. So I mean, with this great topics, I love being here. I love learning. I love transforming. So the mic is back over to you. And thank you so much, guys. Check out Access to Experts, guys. Uh, you know, friends, it's a really great site. Anne is a really dynamic person, has great recovery, and I've learned a lot from having Anne in my life. So thank you, Anne, for making the commitment to come in and mod with me every week in the unstuck room. Guys, if you are out there right now and you're feeling that you are stuck and that you need some accountability, I offer uh, one week free coaching with me, high performance coaching. And what that means basically is we're going to identify something in your life that needs to change. And within a seven-day period together, I am going to help work with you. And we're going to identify what that is. And we're going to move forward and make a sizable amount of progress in seven days. You will be shocked about what you can do with the right team in seven days. You can move your life forward and kind of start crossing off some of the things that you've put on your to-do and accountability list. If you want to find out more about that, you can go to info.recoveredlife.us. Just click on the Damon Frank picture there. It will take you to a place that you can sign up and book that call with me. Guys, thank you so much for showing up to the Unstuck Room. Everybody who shared, everybody who listened, we appreciate you. Make sure to check out the episodes of the podcast at recoveredlife.us. We have a ton of content that we're putting on all week long to help you live your best recovered life. I will see you guys on Monday on the Recovered Life Discussion where we plan our sober week. And then we've got a lot of great Christina Dennis, uh, the Neuro Room, the, uh, the Setting Healthy Boundaries Room that we do. So much great stuff there. You could listen to it all on the podcast 
by going to recoveredlife.us. Everybody have a great day, and we'll talk to you next week.